Welcome to the Brown Posey Press Show, part of the BookSpeak Network, a program dedicated to independent and self-published authors. This show will examine new and unique works of literature, learn about their creators, and discuss the industry. And now your host, Tori Gates. My guest today is an author, an entrepreneur. Mary Walsh is one of the organizers of the Books, Books, Books event, which will be this fall in Lancaster. I am in her home and uh, getting a chance to speak with her. Mary, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's well, wonderful. The first thing, uh, you and Amy Garnett started this. And uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of a history of the Books, Books, Books event, because I remember it was in Harrisburg last year, and I was kicking myself for not getting involved in it. It was kind of like a little late for me. And maybe you could tell us a bit about uh, you and Amy, your relationship and the history. So Amy and I have known each other for probably 15 years, and we worked together for a very long time, and we have both moved on from that company. And so and we bonded over our love for books. She was blogging about them and reading them. She reads two to three books a week, which amazes me. And I was writing them and I'm currently working on book number 13. So she would, I would bounce off my ideas off of her. So we would go to other book events and we went to one together in Hershey in let's say 2018-ish, 2019. And we thought to ourselves, we can do this. Between the two of us, we know enough people with, with authors and other bloggers and readers and, and everything like this. So we decided to uh, plan it for 2020. <laughs> uh, and we were originally supposed to be in the Keystone Atrium building in downtown Harrisburg, which right. is a beautiful building. And then with all the COVID restrictions and you know everything else, we actually had to move it out of Harrisburg because that was a, a state government building and yep. it fell under the governor's jurisdiction of what buildings were open and closed. And we couldn't take the chance of having to cancel the event because of that. So we actually ended up having it at the Barnett Creek's Bend at the Sports Emporium in Carlisle last year for the first time. It was our inaugural event. And we had about 35 to 40 authors show up. And uh, we had about 75 people show up for the first event. And we were very pleased with that. And we, several authors sold out. It was really good. Like I'm, uh, I sold 22 books myself. So that in, for an inaugural event, that was fantastic. And so we uh, wanted to move it a little bit further east. So we chose Lancaster this year, uh, September 17th, uh, next month. And uh, at the Groff Event Center, which is in the heart of downtown Lancaster. It's yep. a happening city. Uh, it, it, there's free parking because anybody who knows anything about downtown Lancaster, their parking is at a premium. There's free parking at the event center. It's on West Orange Street. There are several places to walk to. And uh, well, they're currently running. They just have a pop-up stand uh, on the sidewalk right now. And then there's a lot of social media advertising for it as well. And we're getting a lot of interest for it. And tickets are $5 to get in, and that's all being donated anyway. And we have about 55 authors who are involved this year. And a disclaimer, I am one of the authors who will be there, so we will just put that in. Let us now bring in Mary's partner for this venture, 
Amy Garnett is the operator of the Six Feet Under Books blog, and she provides author services, beta reading, reviews, and other things. Amy, give us uh, your view on uh, just how the books event went and what went on. Mary and I had previously worked together and both loved books, so we always complained that there was a lack of book events in the area that did other things besides romance genre. So out of that, her and I were like, well, let's brainstorm and think about this. Well, that snowballed, and now we're planning like our second and third event. And that was the thing that we were going to be discussing was the the difficulty of the event and all of the logistics involved and so forth. And uh, from the success of this first one, it's a question I think a lot of folks have answered. It's one that I've had as well of, yeah, there just aren't enough events in this area, it seems, or they always seem to be a little bit out of reach. How did you two decide to uh, make it accessible as you did and as you have this time? We wanted to make something a little bit uh, centralized. And uh, we going into Lancaster this year, we know it's only an hour away from Philadelphia mm-hmm. and it's only an hour away from Harrisburg. So that made Lancaster a perfect location for that. And, uh, you know, even into Maryland and, you know, north central Pennsylvania, we actually, but aside of that, we actually have a lot of authors coming in from out of state. There's one coming from Louisiana. There's one, uh, I believe, coming from North Carolina and, you know, into New England as well, New York, Delaware. So we have a lot of um, authors. Uh, Connecticut, too, there's one coming from as well. So, uh yeah, we've it it just worked out well that we decided that to be a central location. And one of the things too about it was that uh, I've been to events like that as well, where people just show up from different parts of the country. And for some authors, this really is their job. They just mm-hmm. go to yeah. events, and artists do the same mm-hmm. thing. And uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't. I have never been able to cut loose completely from that to do that kind of life. But it it must be just intriguing to get the these different folks and their. Stories. They must all have a story. They all do, yeah. And some people write about it too. But uh, it's in it, it, word spread. We had to turn people away. We felt terrible because of the venue capacity. You could only fit uh, sixty people. I'm sorry, sixty authors with room enough for their tables and sh- you know two chairs a piece, and then all of the readers that we want in as well. And we have a wait list of people we had to turn away, mm-hmm. and we felt terrible about it. We're like, you know, we would love to have y'all join us for the party, but. <laughs> There's only so many things we can do. So next year, in 2023, we found a bigger venue. Do you uh, want to hear where it is? Yes, I would like to. At Rocklitz. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, my I have a I have a good friend that has done work at Rock Lidditz mm-hmm. as a rigger and as a mm-hmm. stagehand, and uh, mm-hmm. she talks about how awesome the place is. Mm-hmm. And we wanted you know, all of these venues to be a little bit different because a lot of the book events Amy and I have gone to were always at hotels and we just thought that was a little, yeah, boring. (laughs) So we wanted something different and, you know, have a nice backdrop and have different, uh, you know, uh, backgrounds and and venues and, and, you know, just something unique. Uh, Amy, a question for you Uh, in terms of working with Mary. I mean, I think there's like, there's this, you each kind of probably had your own idea of how this was going to work. How did you see uh, your vision for for the event, and did it did it mesh well? Did there were there clashes or questions or anything? I mean, I think overall we worked really well together. Um, I'm a little bit more heavy handed than Mary is. <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, 
I think that's a nice way to put it, right? Yeah, we compliment each other. Like, I'm not going to take it. Right, like, yeah. If you're going to be a diva just because you're an author, <laughs> you'll do that somewhere else. I'm, I'm not going to cater to that. Um, this is not your event. This is Mary and my event. While we appreciate you being here, please keep in mind that, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be something that somebody's not going to like. Uh, we can't cater to everybody. Yeah, right. So... Mary's the nice one who sends out like all the nice pleasant <laughs> emails. I'm the one in the background doing like the graphics and like the that will keep the group running. And then if Mary ends up being like a little snafu, she'll be like, "Hey, aim. What should I do in this situation?" And I'll be like, "Well, you could do this, this, or this." So it's good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And sometimes we swap roles. Right. And Amy's very good about doing a lot of social media posts on our Facebook group. It, she's posting on there, you know, several times a week and has been for six months now. And we're getting a lot of feedback with readers and authors. Uh, we grew, you know, even just in the past two weeks, I think we added like 30, 40 people into the Facebook group and just you know, in a short amount of time, and it keeps growing and growing every day. So, right. We're speaking with Mary Walsh and Amy Garnett of the Books, Books, Books event. We're going to be finding out more about them when we come back from this break. Stay with us. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent and diverse authors. Check out the Agency Books imprint for detective, law enforcement, espionage, terrorism, spy thrillers, and more. Among the works available, The Apologist, a Luke Lundy novel by A.A. Weiss, J.A. Walsh's Purpose of Evasion, and Douglas Brody's Sand, or Once Upon a Time in the Jazz Age. Find these and other fascinating books at sunburypress.com. We're back talking with Mary Walsh and Amy Garnett, who are the organizers of the Books, Books, Books event. And uh, the second one is going to be this fall in Lancaster. And uh, I and some fellow authors of varied sorts are going to be there. Uh, let's talk about how you came to the decision of who gets in and who doesn't. Was it first come, first serve? Or were you looking for like a sort of like a wide variety of different authors? What was the plan? We were definitely looking for a wide variety of different authors. We, Like Amy had said earlier, we had been to several events where they were strictly romance, and we wanted to open this event up to other genres because neither of us had really been to any other genre that you know, had other things besides romance. And uh, so we have thriller, mystery, paranormal, young adult, horror, uh, there's a few people that have nonfiction in addition to those fiction genres. And I think we have like historical also. Yes. Yeah. We have some history writers as well. And yeah, yeah it's, uh, we just wanted to make it available for everybody. Mm -hmm. And in setting up one of these, I mean, it, this is such an operation. And I think we talked a little bit about it before, but also it's like, um, setting up the room and setting up the venue. It's like, okay, do you sort of like group the authors in different genres? Just about every event I've ever been to, that's yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, we do. So, spoiler alert, uh, the Graf Center is a former funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has 10 different rooms inside the entire event center. So, we're taking each of those little rooms and parlors and making them specific genres. Mm -hmm. So, we need, still need to finalize the... Uh, final seating chart we'll probably be doing that in early september but right now we're sticking everybody together uh, as much as possible 
And also, I think uh, the next thing too is uh, I've been to I've been to book events at some very strange places throughout my brief career as one, and I've done them in some odd spots. Um, let's talk a little about your experiences and what formed your own opinions about it. Uh, what makes a good venue? What makes a good book fair or book event, in your opinions? It has to have it has to have character. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to another hotel where it's just a square box and banquet tables. Mm-hmm. And the place, I think if it has character, that adds to the book event. Mm-hmm. And accessibility to the outside. Like, even if it's in a really nice ballroom in a hotel, if you're on the fourth floor of the hotel and you have to go through the main lobby and up the elevator and into the hallway and then and then into the book event, like, it, it's if you're in a building that's your empties right out into the parking lot that makes it so much easier for people to come in and out. Yeah. You have to like really sort of like read the room and Mm -hmm. then you really have to map it out. I've, I won't say where it was, but this was some years ago. I went to an event and the venue was certainly very well known and, but they spaced everyone out through the building downstairs, down here, up Mm -hmm. through here. And I, was kind of left wondering, oh man, because the people at the end of the road are probably the ones that didn't sell. Right. And I thought, oh man, I mean, I used to, they did the best they could and they were really nice to us. But at the same time, I thought, wow, this is probably not how to do it. Right. So with the Graf Center, even though there's 10 separate rooms, they're all interconnecting mm-hmm. and we're pretty much forcing the readers to go into every single room before they exit. Ah, uh, the gauntlet. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's going to be a one-way in and out. Uh, yep. Because last year we had uh, two big rooms on two different levels, and the folks that were on the lower level didn't get as much foot traffic as the folks on the upper level where the main entrance was. So um, we're, you know, everything is on one level now, but all of the rooms are interconnecting. Yeah. And that's cool. It's, um, and I guess it's another thing too. It's like your own, your own experiences, like, um, that feeling of not, you know, not being noticed. Oh, that's, that leads me to my next question. And both of you could answer this. Um, this is a hard one for This was a hard one for me to learn, but because despite the fact I get behind a microphone for a living and I've gotten to a point where I think I'm reasonably confident in myself it's very hard to sit there or stand there and it's like people are coming by and do you have any do you have any tips for anyone about if you're at one of these events how do you read the body language the eye contact the customer the potential one what works so for, for me, me oh, as a reader if the author behind the table does not engage me at all, I will walk by their desk, by their table. Mm-hmm. So if you're not up out of your seat and asking me, hey, what do you like to read? Mm-hmm. And and think, if you don't do that, I'm, I'm walking right by you. Hmm. Or if you're sitting down and on your phone yeah. and not paying attention to anybody walking by, nobody's yes. going to come to your table. Mm-hmm. That's just, uh, you know, a fact of life. So you as the author need to be standing up, preferably if you can, um, you know, and like Amy exactly said, be engaging to your audience, to your reader. There is a point though of over engagement and I'm not like that. I, and there's the thing, there's maybe where we are, we're not going to agree, but I will watch, especially at the bigger events, because if I'm like at a convention where there's a lot of different people there for different reasons, I kind of watch 
the the people who come by mm -hmm. and I make eye contact and I look at them and I get to see how do they what are they looking at are they looking at my table are they looking at me are they looking at my books are they looking at the covers because the cover makes the book mm -hmm. and I just find by just being be polite Mm -hmm. And just be calm and just be like, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people this because they will come to look and they look and they're kind of nervous. And I'm like, it's okay to touch the display. Mm -hmm. This isn't a museum. It's cool. Right. I always encourage the readers to pick up the book, read the back. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they have any questions about it, sure. Because they're like exactly what you just said. They're afraid to touch the book. I'm like, no, go ahead. It, you know, you can touch it. You're not going to break it. My Wait. Wait. Who's afraid to touch the book? I have never been afraid to touch a book. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, will, I will go up and just start reading that book and be like, oh, yeah. I either like it or I don't like it. But I've never been like, maybe I shouldn't touch that book. Well, there, yeah, there's people maybe out I there that are not like, like that you. Now. <laughs> I, think, I think some people, I don't know, maybe it's me. Some people just kind of be like, mm, well, well, is he going to do something? And I'm like, no. And I always tell people, please have a look. It's it's all good. And uh, it's well, I, it goes back to my public relations uh, teacher in college, and he said he always used to say, "Touchy feely, good." <laughs> but no, this is cool because it's like um, everybody has a slightly different style, and. Uh, I think there's a fine line. Like yeah. you're selling yourself, mm -hmm. you're selling your books. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you want to, you don't want to be a used car salesman who's really aggressive and pit bullish. Right. No. But you want to capture their attention and be like, hey, check me out, check mm -hmm. out my books. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not, a and like, and like Mary said, not sit there on your phone <laughs> and avoid people altogether. <laughs> Exactly. So it's it's almost like uh, we, we tried to do that uh, at my publisher, Sunbury Press Books. We try to help people a little bit with like sort of like the do's and don'ts and the basics because uh, we, we realized, uh, well, I did anyway, when I was signed to them several years ago that uh, some folks just didn't really know. We had some really talented authors who had wonderful stories like their story, their autobiography mm -hmm. or their, um, you know, the history of their family or a really intriguing mystery. But it was like they really weren't sure how to conduct themselves or, or well they never had a problem with anyone but it was more of the presentation and uh, I think once people just do it a little bit do a few of them they start to open up mm -hmm. and they start to talk to people and suddenly mm -hmm. they're like hey I can do this this is fun mm -hmm. and I've always had fun Mm -hmm. At least I hope I have. <laughs> anyway, we're speaking with Mary Walsh and Amy Garnett, and we're going to talk about what drives them as authors, readers, bloggers, and all that when we come back right after this. Explore Sunbury Press books and find the work of talented authors in many genres. Ars Metaphysica is our spiritual, new age, and metaphysical fiction imprint. Among our titles, works by Kareem El Kusa, such as The Kabbalistic Visions and Phoenician Code. Chris Fenwick's The 100th Human, and Michelle Willard Hoffer's The ABCs of Narcissism, Soaring Past Toxic Partners. Find these and other intriguing works at the Ars Metaphysica tab and all works of nonfiction and fiction at sunburypress.com. We're back with Mary Walsh and Amy Garnett, who are the organizers of the Books, Books, Books event. And I want to get into a couple of things here. Uh, I was taken by Amy's blog and her website six feet under books blog tell us how you arrived at the name and what has uh tell us about that and what you do so my name actually came from a co-worker 
Because she's like, you're always buried under books. There's always books on my work desk because at lunch I would read. So she's like, what about six feet under books? I'm like, that's perfect. We just And I just rolled with it. So my, bo- my blog does, um, I read review books. I do some beta reading. Um, I'm only an alpha reader for one author. Um, I do a lot of promotions. And my, my blog is completely free for everybody because... I don't feel like you should have to pay to do that stuff, but that's me. I have authors that reach out to me quite a bit for um, book reviews, and I like to accommodate as many as I can. Realistically, I can't, but usually within a week, I'll read anywhere from like six to ten books, and I'm able to get out like, you know, as many reviews as I can throughout the the week. And have you been a bookworm all your life? Uh Uh-huh. Tell us about that, because it's like uh, we because you know I've I've been a music critic and I've done reviews and stuff all my life, and it was more born out of the fact that I just loved music and I loved you know books and I love being able to to just put my skills to help someone. Tell us about your your reading beginnings. Uh, the roots are always the most interesting thing, I think. So my grandmother is eighty six years old, and I would spend summers with her, uh-huh. and we would go to Mount Gretna Lake. It's like right close to where we live. And she would always take a book. And one time I didn't want to go out to the lake because it just was too cold, blah, blah, blah. So she whipped out a book for me. And it was Mandy by Julie Andrews, the girl who was in um, the, the, the Von Trapp family. Mm-hmm. I forget what that movie's called. And um, I loved that book. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adored that book. I still have it. So after that, I would go to the library and the librarian was like, you can only take out five books, but because you're such a good reader and you bring everything back on time, she's like, I'll let you take 10 out. 10 out. So I, I started that way and that's how I got into reading because of my grandmother. And she's still a huge reader to this day. And does your uh, taste run the gamut or is there specific areas that, that, that got you early on that maybe you stay with? Um, it's probably easier to say what I don't like. Um, but my, I'm, I'm big into, I love romance. My romance is big, but I also like my dystopia and apocalyptic books too. Okay. And here's an interesting question for those who are the dystopian world. Uh, some of my writing has been sort of characterized that, that way. And mm-hmm. I'm afraid it's more because of my cover artist rather than anything that I have written. So I'm, I'm not sure even what it means, but it's like we have so much that, uh, so much interest in reading and watching these dystopian nightmarish worlds, but it's like, are we prepared to live in them? I would like to think with all the books that I have read, I might be able to survive for a week. I'm not going to hold out much longer after that because I'm just going to go to the library and live. So really, what's my what are my chances at the library? Slim. Well, you certainly have given us a reason for the power of libraries and it's like and how much we need to back them because it's like to have have uh, first of all to have a librarian that was so cool to let you take what you wanted. That's awesome. Mhm. Mhm. And um in terms of your did you did you ever venture into your own writing other than than your reviewing and so forth? So when I was in high school, um, I won many accolades for like poetry. Awesome. But after high school, I stopped. I didn't, I don't do that anymore. Any reason for that? I just, I don't have time for that anymore. Uh, okay. I'm busy reading. <laughs> Six books a week. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, 
Mary, we must ask now, you had indicated to me, and I noticed this, that you have written a dozen books. You're working on your next one. You do fiction, nonfiction. I want to ask about a couple of these ahead, because I was intrigued by by them. Uh, you have a book called Once Upon a Time in Chicago, and that got me immediately. Tell me about that. Okay, so that's my historical fiction book, uh, and it stems from my grandfather grew up in the in Chicago in the 1920s and mm-hmm. everything, and he told us stories about living there during Prohibition. And uh, a couple of years ago, my mom handed me a big box of black and white photos of my grandfather growing up, his siblings, my grandmother, her siblings, and, and you know distant relatives and everything, and she said, do something with this. And she had already known that I was writing, and I'm like, well, I can create some kind of story. So it took some time to develop a f- historical fiction piece based on the stories that my grandfather told us. So one of those little snippets is that he was at a family wedding where Al Capone showed up and... Uh, uninvited, (laughs) went to the front of the church and then uh, kissed the bride on both cheeks and handed her a check full of $100, which $100 in 1930 was very, was a lot of money. So, yeah. uh, So I, you know, entered that into the fictional piece of the the story. And there's a lot of information in this book that are, like I said, is based on real events with real gangsters. And then I kind of dip in some fictional things, you know, based on what it's growing up, what it's like growing up in a Sicilian immigrant family in, on the south side of Chicago. Wow. Well, and there's the thing when, when you, I have a, I have an unpublished historical work that, uh, and even when I'm writing just fiction, my job is to get you into a place, mm-hmm. get you into this spot. And the research can be daunting, but it's yes, also yes. an incredible amount of fun. Yeah. I found out a lot of different things, uh, you know, going into it. Like, for instance, I didn't know that Al Capone set up um, soup kitchens. Oh, yeah. It, 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 and I saw that. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. So I put that into the book as well. And it was, it was for him, it was a, it was a goodwill gesture. Mm-hmm. And there's similar things in Japan, organized crime figures in the Yakuza mm-hmm. and other groups. They do a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They do festivals. They do stuff for the poor. And it's... It's like organized crime is kind of like here and perhaps there and elsewhere. It's almost like a civic organization. Yeah. And keep in mind, it was during the Great Depression. So there were a ton of people out of work. And, exactly. You know, living. You know, I, I remember a piece of footage of a, of a man who was, was at a soup kitchen. And he said, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't eat. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, there's another one, too. I think you went to New Orleans for this one. Fine Spirits I Served that, That's here. another one of my bestsellers. So those two books are my bestsellers so far. And uh, Fine Spirits Served Here is a cozy ghost story. And for anybody who's been to New Orleans, it's a very haunted city. Mm-hmm. And it stemmed from when I went down there in 2018 with my family and we went on a ghost tour and a food tour in Antoine's restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after hearing all a bunch of the local legends, you know, whether inside the restaurant or out in during the French quarter through all uh, the legendary ghost stories. And I thought to myself, I can do this too. You know, so I brought it all together into this book and Antoine's restaurant allowed me to use the front of their building on the book cover, which I'm thrilled about. And then in uh, June of this year, I was down in New Orleans and did a podcast with Poppy Tooker. She is a 
restaurant podcaster, entertainer, author, and her podcast with me is going to drop in October, just in time for Halloween. And she, it's, I'm so thrilled. And she, I, while I was there, I did a meet the author event at Antoine's restaurant and met a lot of great people. And I have um, more events lined up for next year for that, that book. That is cool. In New Orleans. <laughs> that is really cool. Now, uh, getting back to how about your roots as a reader and what what, pro- what propelled you into writing? <laughs> I'm not as big of a, a reader as Amy is. I only read about one book a month because I'm busy writing and researching. Uh, but what propelled me to be a writer is when I was in college, my comp two professor, who was very intimidating, uh, says to us on the first day, if you get an A in my class, you write worth publishing. And we were all a little scared and we're like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) And I got an A and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I honestly, I didn't write my first book until probably 15 years later. And Mm then, uh, and that was 10 years ago. And I've, you know, been trying to put out a book a year ever since. Well, that's, that's excellent. And, uh, you're never too old. I mean, my first book didn't come out till I was 48. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's when they're meant to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess getting back to the books, books, books event. Uh, what are the main things you want people to know? Like the where, the when, and it's on, uh, you have a big site on Facebook. Tell us about that. If you would, you too. Amy, you want to go ahead? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Saturday, September uh, 17th at the Groff Center, in downtown Lancaster, that's on West Orange Street. It is from noon to 4 p.m. We have about 55 different authors, multi-genre, romance, paranormal, mystery, thriller, uh, young adult, nonfiction. Did I leave anything out? I'm sure I did. But we have many different um, genres for people to look at. And uh, if you're going to come bring a, a tote bag uh, well you'll be get if like if you're pre-registered with a, a ticket you'll definitely be getting a tote bag so you can take home all these books you're going to buy as well and uh, tickets are five dollars a piece and that money is being donated to a local classroom um, for it and for everybody who's pre-registered you get to be entered into our raffles which we have lots of fantastic things in the raffle baskets uh, books and um, swag and some extra things that people are just throwing Look, in. We have that rolling cart. A rolling cart. And I loved it so much, I went out and bought my own rolling cart. <laughs> yeah. That rolling cart has tons mm-hmm. of stuff in it, but I did leave room for you to put your own stuff in it in ca- when you mm-hmm. win it, when yeah. somebody wins it. Yep. So our books, our tickets are available on Eventbrite. Just search for Books, Books, Books event. Uh, join our Facebook group, which is Books, Books, Books event with two exclamation points. All right. Um, my last question, I guess, for both of you is like this. Uh, when it comes to either writing or reading or anything like this, what do you look for? What do you seek that just inspires you and just moves you in a direction? So for me, with reading books, the cover. I, I judge a book by its cover. There, I said it. <laughs> Okay. I am that person. But if your cover does not grab me, I am not going to pick it up and read the blurb on the back. So well, let me I, ask I look you at this, the cover. Amy. I see if the cover is interesting. Then I see if it's on Kindle Unlimited. If it is, I grab it. If it's not, I will still probably grab it if it's not too expensive. That's me, though. 
Would you ever go to one of those like library or bookstore things where they wrap the books in brown paper and kind of describe it? Would you ever pick something up from one of those piles? So I have done that in the past and, and it turned out horrible. Oh no. <laughs> I think they it turned out them. horrible. And I was like, Oh, this is terrible. I think they call that. <laughs> the blurb you wrote is not even about this book. <laughs> it must be a completely different book. I, I think, didn't even read those people in this book. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I think it was bad. That's called blind date with a book in some places. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and it was terrible. I give it a zero out of 10. I hated it. Don't do it. Unless you trust that person. Don't do it. Gotcha. All right. Well, once again, uh, Mary Walsh and Amy Garnett, the Books, Books, Books event coming up very, very soon. Thank you both for, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great. You've been listening to the Brown Posey Press Show with your host, Tori Gates. Find his works, including Searching for Roy Buchanan, Call It Love, A Moment in the Sun, and Lie from the Cafe, along with more independent authors of fiction and nonfiction at sunburypress.com. Thank you for listening. This is the BookSpeak Network. <laughs>